Hey, this is Todd and Julie Mullen, senior pastors here at Christ Fellowship Church in South Florida. Whether you're across the street or across the world, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy week to join for this message. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you to get more out of life. Hello, Christ Fellowship. You ready for a great day today or what? Come on, church. Are you ready for a great day? I pray that you are, every location, everybody online, everyone everywhere, we're celebrating what God is doing in your life already. I know that today is going to be a special day, not because I'm here, but more importantly because God is here and he is interested in meeting you exactly where you are. So if you're at home right now in your bathrobe and you're cooking some eggs, God is right there. And if you're any of our locations, God is right there. And if you're in this room or wherever you are around the world, our glorious Father, He loves you so, so very much. And today, He wants to meet you exactly where you are. So if we'll open up our hearts today, I think God will meet us. You don't need to just hear from some bald guy. You need to hear from heaven today. And I, I know I know that God has the ability to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask, think, or even imagine. I have my favorite person on the planet uh, with me today. That is my beautiful wife of 24 years, Onika McClellan, is here with me. She is on the front row. I'm not sure if we're able to show her at our other locations, but trust me. She's beautiful. And if you see her, you will know that I married out of my league. But didn't all of us, guys, didn't all of us marry out of our league? I mean, let's be honest, right? Let's be honest. I outpunted my coverage for sure, but I am very thankful uh, that, that she said she said yes. Uh, I also have my oldest son here. I think I might have a picture uh, of our family uh, so you can see a quick little snapshot of who we are. So everybody online at all of our locations, that's my, that's my family right there. Again, there's my wife. Oldest son, Parker, who's now 16 years old, and he's getting a job immediately. I told him. <laughs> You're spending way too much money in this house. You're eating too much of our food. You are getting a job. And uh, then we got our 10-year-old, Grayson, and then our daughter, uh, Elle Grace, who just turned six years old. And it's been an absolute blast uh, being a dad. I have a scripture that I want to share with all of us today that this will kind of be the scripture we'll be jumping off from. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 6 and 7. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you don't have your Bible, we'll put the scripture on the screen so that you can follow along with us. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 and 7, it says this, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. Uh, the title of today's message is God's Not Done Yet. God's Not Done Yet. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's Not Done Yet. Come on, turn, t tell them, tell them. Turn to your second choice, say, God's Not Done Yet. God's Not Done Yet. The truth of the matter is God is not done yet. To be at Christ Fellowship is a tremendous honor. And the title of this message just dropped in my heart because I think it's a great picture of what God is speaking over this fantastic church. All those years ago in a small little Bible study when Christ Fellowship began and uh, Coach and his beautiful wife were willing to take that step of faith and start this church. And now we see all that Christ Fellowship is continuing 
opportunity to become under the leadership of Pastors Todd and Julie. Can we give it up for Pastors Todd and Julie Mullins? Man. It is phenomenal what God has done. We were at dinner uh, with them last night, and my wife left the dinner, and her mouth dropped. Her eyes were wide open. She's like, honey, I feel like I just had dinner with Jesus. That's what she said to me. That's how kind, that's how loving, that's how life-giving, that's the type of leaders Pastors Todd and Julie are. They are so incredibly others-oriented, and I know God is not done with their lives yet either. He has so much he still wants to pull out of them, all the campuses. There is worldwide influence that flows through them. I mean, literally, our church is better. My life, my family is better because Pastors Todd and Julie have been willing to set an example, set a pace, again, love Jesus, love their family, leave this church with such kindness and excellence. I, I am blown away by them. But with all that God has done, with all he's done over all the years, with all the campuses that have been launched, with all the marriages that have been restored, with all the young people that have been encouraged, with all the single people that have found their forever mate, well, for all the folks whose lives have been changed and transformed, I think we could think, uh, we're done. We've gone far enough. I mean, look at all that's happened. I was talking to my wife about this message, and she was talking about a field that would be uh, uh, like an oil field. We're from, we're from Texas, so when you, when you, got, you got oil out in West Texas, and you can go to a field, and people would drill down, and they can drill so much, they can think, well, there must be no more oil here. Let's go someplace else. But in the soil of Christ fellowship, you need to know that underneath the surface, there's more oil. There is more that God is wanting to do in and through this church family. There are more lives that he wants to touch. There are more people that he wants to encourage. There are more marriages that need to be restored. There are more families that need to be transformed. There are more businesses that need to be started. There are more people that need to be rescued out of foster care. There are some more churches that need to be planted. There are some more businesses that need to be started. And God is wanting to use every single one of us. I've got a, another scripture here. I'll put it on the screen for you. You can jot it down if you'd like to. Philippians chapter 1, verse number 6. It says, he who began a good work in you, he's faithful. He's faithful to complete it. He's going to carry it on to completion all the way to the day of Christ Jesus. So if God started it, God's going to finish it. You can trust God with that every single time. This verse of scripture that we were uh, looking at uh, today, I, I, I love it. I love it so much uh, because, uh, well, for a bunch of reasons, but one reason is it reminds me that I'm not really good at all with any plants that are alive. I mean, we're terrible. Matter of fact, our family is so bad. If you give us a fake plant, We'll kill a fake plant. That's how, that's how deplorable we are with anything green. When people come up to our church, they give us like a little orchid. You know, like, oh, pastor, I love you. Ooh, here's an orchid. I go, thank you. It's going to die. That, 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 in my head, in my head, I know what you gave me is going to last a week. And then we, just, we cannot keep anything uh, alive except, you know, our kids. We can keep them alive uh, in our house. Barely. One plant 
another waters. But it's God who makes things grow. One plants, another waters. But it's God who makes things grow. I, I, I like this uh, because how I have it written down, and, and you can jot this down if you're taking notes, there is a process to the promise. Like we want, we want things to grow, don't we? We, we want things to, to become better. We, we want our, our mental health to get better. We want it to grow. Prayerfully want our spiritual life to get better. We want it to grow. That's why you're online or at one of our campuses uh, right now. You're listening to this podcast because you, you want to grow. We know, we got to know that growth is not a bad thing. God makes things grow. As a matter of fact, don't ever think, oh man, Christ Fellowship has grown so much. That's a good thing, y'all. That means less people are going to hell and more people are going to heaven. It's a good thing that more marriages are being put back together. It's a good thing that more fifth and sixth graders are finding out their worth and their identity at a young age and not getting all jacked up and have to find out after college that God is for them. It's a good thing. Soil matters. I mean, if you have, if you have a bad, let me, let me just talk to marriages just for uh, a second. If you have a really, really bad marriage and you get around a bunch of bad people, don't be surprised that your marriage gets worse. Yeah. Yeah. Husbands and wives that tear each other down, speak negatively of each other, don't speak words of life. If you're a single person and, and you're wanting your life to flourish, you're wanting it to be something of, of significance, you're, you're wanting to make a difference in your generation, but you're around people that are toxic, you're around people, you're, all, all the, the girlfriends you have, the, the guys you hang out with, everybody's always tearing each other down. My friend, that's not going to help you become all that God has called you to be. You want to get in the right soil. You want to be around some people that will speak words of life and strength and destiny and hope into your life. You want to be around, you want to be around good soil. Christ fellowship is good soil. This is a church. It's not a perfect church because they don't exist. Once you showed up, it wasn't perfect anymore. That's how it works. That's how it works. I'm looking for the perfect church. I'm, don't go. Don't go. Because once you go, yeah. <laughs> there is no perfect church, but man, this is great soil. This place is filled with hope and life and destiny. This place is filled with faith and encouragement. This place is going to remind you of the call and the purpose of God on your life. This place is going to say, hey, you're not an accident. You were born on purpose. You can take someone that has been living in a home where they've, been, they've heard their entire life, you're worthless. You're nothing. You're not going to amount to anything. They've heard that their entire lives and they can come and be planted in this type of soil, be planted at Christ Fellowship, and they're going to learn that God is so for you. He is so on your side that no weapon formed against you will ever prosper, that you're going to be who God has called you to be. You're going to do what God has called you to do. There's something about the right soil, but there's process to the promise. One plants, another waters, but God makes things grow, but somebody's got to plant and somebody's got to water and we'll trust God to be the one to make things 
grow. Uh, another thing that's true about this passage of scripture is, is uh, the, one of the revelations, one of the insights that I see. It's, it's so abundantly clear that you and I have to participate in the growth. Like this is not a passive thing, that you and I participate in what God is doing here. We don't sit back and just go, God, make it grow. God, you're do- you can just go ahead and make it happen. You know, um, talking to you about my awesome 16-year-old son. I love him so much, and uh, he's, he's here with us this weekend. Basketball player, handsome, jawline like his dad. Just kidding. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he's way better looking than me. But do anybody who has uh, teenagers, do, are their rooms messy too? I mean, I walk into the room sometimes, I'm trying to figure out where's the floor in this bedroom that I just walked in. Uh, I mean, again, love him, great at school, great in so many ways, but I come into this bedroom and it looks like he just decided to go, you know what? Let me just take all of my clothes. Now, those of you who have toddlers right now and you think it's tough, we weren't ready for teenage years. Okay, we thought toddlers were tough. And then you find out you don't know what you're doing when you have a teenager. And they don't think you know what you're doing either, which makes it a little even more aggravating. (laughs) But I walk into his bedroom like, Parker, I I love you, son. I'm for you. You pay no rent. So I'm going to need you, son. I'm going to need you to clean up this room. Imagine I walked into Parker's bedroom one day. I saw him praying, which he, which he does do. I'm so proud of him. I hear him playing his worship music, you know, and then he'll throw in his hip hop. So we've got, we've got everything coming together here at the house. <laughs> but I, I walk into his bedroom and I see he's on his knees. He's going, Lord, this bedroom's a mess. Lord. You can do all things <laughs> by your grace and your power, almighty God. Sweep through this room, Lord. Begin to pull up clothes, fold them. God, put them in drawers. Take these shoes, put them in the closet. Lord, take every dirty piece of underwear and God, cleanse this underwear by the power of your spirit. If he was praying that prayer, wouldn't I be? I'm like, okay, at least he's praying. Okay, that's good, that's good. But Parker, rooms don't get cleaned <laughs> by someone getting on their knees just praying for it to be clean. Someone, not me <laughs> and not your mother, <laughs> is going to have to get up and begin to grab some clothes and participate in the process of getting this room the way it's supposed to be. If you want to have a great church, God, make Christ Fellowship the best church it can possibly be. May it be generous. May we reach the poor and touch the world. Okay, great prayer. Then God says, who's willing to fold some clothes? 
who's willing to serve, who's willing to give, who's willing to sacrifice, who's willing to stop the gossip and point people back to Jesus, who's willing to stop talking about people behind their back, who's willing to say, hey, I've got my pastor's back, I'm carrying this vision, who are the people that are going to stand up and say, God, this church is going to be all that it's been called to be, and I want you to use me to do it. God, use your life and your power through me to make it on earth as it is in heaven. It's going to take some people that are willing to get up. Uh, Again, prayer is part of it. Don't get me wrong. Prayer is a wonderful thing. But if you want to have a great marriage, you got to pray and you got to work. You got to pray and you got to participate. You got to pray and you got to forgive. You got to pray and allow the grace of God to fill you. If you want to have a great business, you want to have a great, you want to have a culture where people are for each other and people trust each other, you got to pray and you got to participate. You got to pray and one plants, another waters. God will make that thing grow. What are you planting? What are you watering in that business? If you'll do your part, I'm telling you, God will do his part. He'll make that thing grow. Now, I don't want to paint a picture here because this can be really a slippery slope where we start to think everything is about us. I want to be very, very careful here that I don't try to preach some message to you that's centered on you. Because if what God has called you to do is centered on you, then that's actually not kingdom business. That's, that's selfish business. It's not ultimately about your effort and energy. It's not ultimately about your work ethic. It's not ultimately about your grind. It is ultimately about the power of the Spirit and the sacrifice of our Savior that empowers us to live our lives for His glory. Said another way, if Jesus doesn't go first, we don't even get to go. If God doesn't breathe out, we don't even get to breathe in. If the Spirit does not give us the strength we need to put one foot in front of the other, then you and I are not going to have the strength we need. Hey, can we just acknowledge that 2020 was crazy? Am I the only one? 2020 can go... Wait, 2020... I'm going to say something. 2020, Lord, thank you for giving us the opportunity to live hell on earth and... Trying to be thankful in all things, okay? Thankful in all things. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be stretched, to be challenged, (laughs) uh, to learn forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to learn forgiveness. There is so much that we went through in 2020. There are so many weights that are on our shoulders. And you know the crazy thing or the great thing? You made it. Come on, you made it. (laughs) I thought I would in that time. There were times I was crying tears, but I kept putting one foot in front of the other, not because I'm so good, but because the grace of God kept giving me the strength to put one foot in front of the other. You made it as well. When you couldn't go to school or couldn't go to work or couldn't do this or couldn't do that, the grace of God was like, hey, I'm telling you, I've got you. I'm on your side. I'm not done with you yet. And God wasn't done with you in 2020, and he's not done with you now. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive on the inside of you, and God is working in your life at this very moment. So here, here it is, you and I, you and I got to be willing to be a part of the process one plants under the waters, but it's God who makes things grow. I was praying for you, Christ Fellowship. 
I was praying for you um, this past week and even the weeks knowing that I was going to be coming here and sharing uh, with you. And knowing we've got, you know, so many different campuses and people all over the world and people online that are saying, hey, this is my church home. This is my community. This is my family. And one of the great things about Christ Fellowship is you don't just have young people. You also got old people. Shout out to all the old people. Come on with it. Yes, indeed. Yeah. I think I'm now in that category, though, if somebody's old enough, they think I'm not in that category, which I appreciate. That's why it's good to have old people around. They go, oh, no, no, you're young. <laughs> Thank you. Because I was at the gym the other day, and uh, here's a flex. I recognize I'm flexing right now. I, what I'm about to say, this sounds very self-serving, but I just got to say it for the glory of God. I dunked. I dunked the other day. Okay, y'all? I threw that ball up. 10 feet, legit, inside, got it on, I got it on film. My son took the video, Parker, tell him. <laughs> threw that ball up, oh, threw it down, I'm like, yeah. The guy comes up to me, he goes, oh my goodness, you don't, I saw that on Instagram. How old are you? I said, well, I'm 45. He said, You're 45 years old. And he looked at me like I was a shriveled up raisin or something. <laughs> like I was just one step away from the grave, right? <laughs> You're 45? <laughs> I said, okay, well, I guess I'm, I'm getting old. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. But you, gotta, you get some 75-year-olds around you, and they're like, oh, no, you're a little whippersnapper. <laughs> Keep it going. I'm like, all right, all right, thank you. I needed to hear that. But God told me, he dropped in my heart for the older folks and the younger folks. He dropped in my heart for the married people and the single people. He dropped in my heart for everybody who goes to a campus and everybody who's online. He dropped in my heart. He said, hey, let my kids at Christ Fellowship know that, that I want them to prepare for what they prayed for. I want them to get ready for what they've been praying for because God is about to do in your life what you have been praying for. And if you and I will begin to get some things ready for what we've been praying for, I'm telling you when God sends the blessing, sends the rain, gives the encouragement, brings in the husband, brings in the wife, opens up the door of opportunity, begins to grow the business, you are already prepared for what you prayed for. You're not just praying, hoping, wishing, and thinking nothing. Nothing's going to happen. As a matter of fact, you're getting to work with the spirit and the strength that God provides to get ready for what he's about to send your way. You're getting, matter of fact, if you are separated from your spouse, you go ahead and get their side of the bed ready. That's what I'm praying in the name of Jesus. I pray that you get their toothbrush ready. I pray that you get their hair gel ready if they got hair. I pray that you go ahead and do what you need to do. Get ready for what you prayed for. And I cannot promise you that it's all coming in exactly the timing that we wanted to come, but I can promise you this, that not one of your prayers has gone unheard, that the God of heaven is working behind the scenes right now, and if you'll prepare, just get ready for what you pray for. Oh, man, let me keep on going here. I want to honor my time. I got to honor my time. Let's go to this other verse. Let's go to this other verse. Joshua chapter 5. Joshua chapter 5. Verses uh, 10 through 12. Y'all still with me? Y'all still with me? I got my T.D. Jakes hanky right here. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Thank you. My head, my head gets a little shiny, so I got to have this for my head. 
or you can't, you can't see anything. You know, it's just glare. Is that the glory of the Lord? No, just my, my shiny head. Speaking of my shiny head, for a second, do you see my ankles? Good. Camera people, show, come over here, come over here. Yeah. My wife dressed me, okay? She said to me, Earl, it's fresh. I said, honey, come to this camp. Come, come to this one. I, show, show me that one. Yeah, yeah, come over to this one. I said, yeah, thank you. Back up, back up. Yeah, back up. I said, honey, my ankles are going to show the whole time. I'm Earl, it's fresh. I said, well, what if my ankles are ashy? <laughs> Those who don't know what ashy is, that's when like black people, it gets real white down here. You're like, you gotta put lotion on here. You don't wanna walk around ashy. <laughs> I have no idea why I brought that up to you other than the fact that I was feeling uncomfortable. I'm feeling very exposed up here right now. Let's get back to the Bible. Joshua chapter five, verse number 10. On the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. Verse number 12, the manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites, but that year, they ate the produce of the land. Oh, okay, some of you in here are, are, are watching right now. You're, you're a Bible scholar. You already know, like, the whole Bible, you know, left and right. You know, Hebrew and Greek and the lexicon. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, let me, let me. Some of us, we're still learning, all right? We're still trying to figure stuff out. So we can read passages of Scripture. We're like, okay, what does that mean? It kind of pulled it out of nowhere. Uh, who's talking about, you know, Gilgal? Where is that? And what's going on with the plains of Jericho and all, all these different things? Well, God's kids in the Old Testament, they were in bondage for hundreds of years, hundreds, hundreds of years. And they found themselves in bondage in Egypt. And then God heard their prayers and sent this man by the name of Moses to go in and let my people go. Some of us uh, at Christ Fellowship, we remember when Charlton Heston did this years and years ago, and those of us who are a little bit younger, we know that Disney did Prince of Egypt. So either way, you're caught up to speed. Moses goes in, says, let my people go, and then after some interaction back and forth and some plagues, the children of Israel are released. They're supposed to go to the promised land. That's where they're headed. They're on their way to the promised land. This land flowing with milk and honey. It's going to be amazing. They cannot wait to enter into this promised land. It's a promise that God had for them from years and years and years ago. They're about to go into their promised land. On the way, the children of Israel start acting like us. They start complaining. Start murmuring. And they're actually not allowed to enter into the promised land for a few reasons. First Corinthians chapter 10 uh, gives you some of these reasons like sexual immorality and uh, testing the Lord and, and grumbling. There's a number of different reasons. God's like, hey, these folks cannot go into the promised land. This whole generation is going to die. And the new generation is going to come up. And I'm going to bring that new generation into the promised land. 
So this is what's happened. Now, now the old generation is dead, and this new generation, everybody who is 20 and under, have, they've now grown up, and all these new people have come, and they are about to enter into the promised land. When you're reading through Joshua, uh, the book of Joshua, there's a number of different stages and steps that they go through. They just actually ended up getting cut here. They're getting cut. Now they're healing, and they are healing, and now they're, they're camped out on the plains of Jericho. And the Bible tells us, the Bible tells us that once they get into this promised land, that the manna stops. Well, what's manna? While God's kids were in, uh, in the wilderness, as, as they were wandering around, there was no Chick-fil-A. There was, no, um, there was no Mickey D's. There, there were no restaurants. So God actually started feeding them this thing called manna, okay? Manna would show up on the ground every single day. They were supposed to go out, get enough manna for their family. They shouldn't get too much. If they got too much, it would spoil. But every single day, they went out and they got their manna. Every single day, the manna showed up. They did not get to preserve manna. They put no manna in Tupperware dishes. They put no manna in the refrigerator. There were no refrigerators. Every single day, manna would show up. The word manna means, what is it? That's what it means. Literally, it would show up, and they said, what is it? And that became the name of the thing that they ate every day for 40 years. For 40 years, they're eating. What is it? For 40 years, it keeps on showing up every single day. What is it? What is it? I don't know, but we're supposed to eat it. And they keep on eating it every single day. Day after day after day after day after day. God is giving them provision that they need every single day. There's not a day they go hungry. Why? Because God shows up every single day. There's not a day that he leaves them high and dry. Every single day he shows up and says, I'm going to provide daily bread for you every single day. Some of us have been living and we're so thankful that God keeps on showing up every single day. His grace every single day. His love every single day. His power every single day. The good thing about his grace and his love and his power, none of that stuff ever gets old, but the manna, it would get old. So they are eating this every single day. Now they come into the land of Canaan. The Bible tells us it is immediately the manna stops and now they eat the produce of the land is what the Bible tells us. Can I have my, uh, my, uh, my popcorn? Thank you. Okay. Y'all know what this is? Microwave popcorn, okay? We got a little family room uh, in our house and uh, we love, you know, we love movies. You know, it can be tough now because we've got a 16 year old and a six year old. So like, you got to go, you got the full gamut. It's like, what movie is going to be good? We can't watch, you know, Born Supremacy with our six year old. So we're trying to figure out, you know, but sometimes you get a good, get a good cartoon and Parker's a good sport and then our 10 year old's a good sport. So we all can watch a movie together and hang out. And anytime there's a movie, you got to, Got to have popcorn. So, you know, Parker, again, uh, eating a lot of food uh, and not paying any money, uh, he will make, he'll make multiple bags of popcorn just for himself, just for himself. And then Grayson, you know, our other son, he'll get some popcorn. And then Elle gets popcorn. And then Onika, she likes her skinny pop, you know. So you can eat the whole bag and feel like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. So we, we, we devour that together. But I love, I love some microwave. I love microwave popcorn. Uh, there was a day that bef like before microwaves were a big thing, like you actually had to put this on the stove. Some of us remember uh, on the stove and like pop, 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 
and that's so cool, but now it's sticking in a little. Boop, boop. You don't even have to do multiple buttons anymore. Once a day, you had to get it right. You know, if not, you burn the popcorn and be like, okay, three minutes and 17 seconds. I feel it's right for this popcorn. You're listening to it pop perfectly. Oh, is that two seconds in between a pop? Oh, that's another. Oh, you're, kinda, you're not sure when to take it out. But, but now, now I just push one button. Boop, sensor. It feels it for you. Perfect bag of popcorn uh, comes out uh, every single time. We love microwave popcorn. This is how we love our marriages to get healthy. This is how we love our finances to get in order. This is how we love our mental health to get right. This is how we love our physical bodies to get right. This is how we want to learn the Bible. Boop. But you want to know what it's actually like? You know what this is? <laughs> Look, let me open this up. Some of y'all like, I have no idea uh, what that is. It's corn. It's corn, y'all. Yeah, this is in here. You know how you get this? You got a plant. You got a water. You gotta pull up weeds, takes time. You gotta cultivate the ground. You gotta wait. You're trusting. There's so much going on you can't control. Then you gotta harvest it, and after you harvest it, then you gotta you got shuck the corn. You, I'm gonna go down the line of how much time it takes to get this to even grow from the ground. But this right here, this is promised land. When you are beginning to eat, not just from stuff that's just raining from heaven randomly, but you're beginning to eat from the produce of the ground. You have transitioned from wilderness living to promised land living. When you don't have to just wait for some miracle, but you can begin to receive from the ground God making it grow, God developing it, God maturing it. My friends, this is the legacy that God has for every single one of us. This is the promise. Now we, we don't want, we want the promise, but not the process. We, we want to eat the popcorn, but we prefer it to be microwaved. But Pastor Todd and I were even talking about this message today, and he, he reminded me that even when you and I eat the popcorn, somebody had to go through the process. What is it God has in store for you? What is it he's still wanting to do in your heart and your life? What prayers are you praying? What things you believe in God for? I want you to know that God is not done yet. I need you to know that no matter what age you are, God is not done yet. 
I, I, I wish I had the time uh, to talk about Joshua and Caleb. And Caleb was 80 years old. And he went over to Joshua. He said, hey, uh, just so you know, Moses promised me my land like 40 years ago. I'm 80 right now, but I'm stronger now than I was then. Go ahead and give me my land. Like at 80 years old, he's still thinking I'm taking ground. What makes you think God has done with you? Why are you 28 and throwing in the towel? Why are you 37 and throwing in the towel? Why are you 82 and throwing in the towel? You need to know that the God of heaven is saying, I am not done with you yet. I'm not done with your mind. I'm not done with your spiritual life. I'm not done with your destiny. I'm not done with your future. I'm not done with your call. My hand is still on you. And if we as a church family, teenagers and young adults and married people and single people and older folks and younger folks, if all of us alike would say, God, here I am. I don't have to know it all. I don't have to have it all together. I've cried a bunch of tears. I've had a lot of weights on my shoulders. But Father, I am willing to participate by your spirit, with your grace, and with your strength, and do all that you call me to do. I promise you, you have not seen anything yet. Everybody at Christ Fellowship, trust God, because he's about to do exceedingly abundantly. Above all, we can ask, think, or even imagine, if you would not mind, bow your heads for just a moment. Bow your heads for just a moment. If you're under the sound of my voice, you've never given your heart and your life to Christ. You've never made him first. You've never made him number one. You've never made him the boss of your life. If you're at any of our locations or you're online and you're saying right now, my heart is not in God's hands, but you know that this is a moment of surrender. This is a moment for you to say, you don't want to go your own way. You want to go his way. If that is you, you've never given your heart to Christ or at one point in time you did and you slipped away. And today you are ready to give your heart and your life to Jesus. I'm going to ask you to do something something simple, but something incredibly bold. On the count of three, at all of our locations, on the count of three, I literally want you to throw your hand in the air and say, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart. I want to give my life to Christ. Ready? One, two, three. Just put your hand in the air. You're saying, yep, that's me. I want to give my heart. I want to give my life to Christ. we got friends all over, all over the world right now saying, yes, I want to give my heart and my life to Jesus. I don't want to go my own way. I want to go his way. I'm going to ask everyone to do me a favor. Put your hand over your heart if you would not mind. Repeat this prayer out loud after me. You're just saying like vows to God. The cross and the empty grave are his vows to you. And now this, these are just your vows back to him. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I've made mistakes. And today I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can we lift our heads up and clap our hands with enthusiasm at all of our locations? Thank you again for spending time with us today. If you're looking to take a step in discovering the more that God has in store for you, just text the word podcast to the number 441-441 and select the option that applies to you. And if you enjoyed this message, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. A special thanks to those of you who generously give to all that God is calling us to do together. It's because of you that everything that we do is possible. We'll see you right back here for next week's message.